Coming to you from the foothills of Los Angeles, it's time for In My Voice with actress, voiceover artist, director, and coach, Kathy Grable. With over 20 years behind the mic, Kathy brings you a unique perspective of working VO actors whose voices you'll know, but their stories you probably don't. Now sit back and enjoy In My Voice. Today, I have a fascinating guest, a man who's been a radio DJ, voice actor, on-camera talent as well, but is best known for his many cartoon voices. He got into character voices under his mentor, Dawes Butler, the man behind many of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, and was, in fact, the first student Dawes ever taught. Listen in. Well, Brian, I can't even tell you how excited I am to have you on today. Uh You are amazing. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, I, it's funny, guys, I wanted to have a longer phone conversation. I kept saying, we need to save it for the podcast, but I just (laughs) felt like we've known each other forever. And we, of course, went down memory lane. And uh, we're, we're thinking about all these people we knew in common. I actually think that we've worked together. I, I, I really think like Perhaps. over the years, possibly, because okay. guys, we don't even always meet each other. Sometimes we do. Right. Yeah. But, but nowadays, yeah, that's also, well, yeah, and there, there's a good and bad to that. Yeah. The good and bad to that is it's a very young world before everything got so socially communicative as voice actors, we're used to playing a variety of characters. Yeah. And there's always that thing about looking at the world through rose or, or, or dark colored glasses. When people know how, how, how old you are, they immediately, even if you do a young voice, they'll go, well, you know, you can't be believable because I know you're not that age where before we fooled them for years, people thought, I didn't know you. So now it's, so it's, it becomes a little harder. You got to be a better actor or get people with more open minds. And typically because there's a lot of money involved and many things in these, a lot of times someone will make a safe decision, go maybe someone will. So it's, you have to just, it's harder to kind of win the confidence over that was easier once, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I was really late in putting my face onto my website. I actually did that in the last, really during COVID, I revamped everything. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I just thought, yeah, make, I guess, uh, lemonade out of lemons or lemons. Yeah, out of exactly. Lemons. Yes. Um, yes. That's why I started this podcast. Instead of doing jigsaw puzzles, I'm like, hey, you know, uh, I could do this. I have a broadcast yeah. quality studio and all this. And, uh, and, you know, it was really, it was inspirational as a, as artists that you could, you could keep doing something. Didn't you feel that way during that time is like, we were able to do some things we wouldn't have been able to, but, but I have a love hate relationship with technology myself, because when we started in this guys, it wasn't even like that long ago necessarily that, I mean, really COVID changed everything. And some of it it was already changing, but we would, um, you know, we'd still go in. I mean, I, I know that you're with a big house and I would, I was with a big house. I was with WME and he still liked us to come in. And, and yeah. I love that because he said actors work, you know, better together and all of that, but it was still going to more home recording and all of that. But, um, so during, during COVID, I was like, okay, I'm revamping everything. A lot of people did that sure. reeducate, revamp yeah. and all that. And, uh, but you know, I, I sometimes, I didn't want to mix my on-camera with my voiceover, which that has been my focus in the last number of years because of that, you didn't want to see the face. I always say it's, um, a bit like Oz, 
if you think of the Wizard of Oz, Oz was behind a curtain, right? Oz, oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. Once you saw Oz, your perception changed, right? Oh, Stan Freeberg used to do a comedy bit about the different. He was it was a spot that was written for radio to get people to advertise more on radio. And the, I think the the, uh, the climax of something that you suppose at then you couldn't do on camera was they were going to have somebody drop a five. I, I, I may not have the exact details, but a, a, a huge cherry, many tons size cherry, into Lake Michigan to the to with the explosion of it falling into the water and to the cheering of like a hundred thousand extras. And he said, "Can't do that." On, you know, yes, you can. I Ready well now. Thank you, Spielberg. <laughs> we can do that on television. Yeah, I know, anyway. I know. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But, but it, yeah, the elute, the theater of the mind is wonderful because it allows you to create all sorts of things. Uh, it, people come to cons sometimes and they say, "You're." Uh, if you did a character, they say, "You don't look at all like we thought you would have looked from the character." And there's a magic of people being able to kind of visualize something in their own head that oh, that yeah. creates a story that's their own story, which we're losing because oh, everybody's yeah. trying to out special effect everybody else. Yeah. But isn't it interesting what old is new again, right? Oh, oh because, that's true. Yeah. You know, I, I've done these um, old time radio dramas that my husband and I put together. We've done them at fundraisers at churches. Um, cool. We've done them. The uh, great, great fun. And yes. we do all the old, you know, Lone Ranger, um, Red Rider, Armis Brooks, all these Grace, Gracie and. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, yeah. I, I had the privilege of when I first moved to L.A., which was years ago, yeah. um, <laughs> of meeting Rod Serling. Oh, who did the cool. very last actual produced, it was called Zero Hour. It was not Twilight Zone, but there had been shows that had been on for years. And that was the final dying yeah. gasp of, of radio shows. And, and we also, in some of those shows, there was a guy named Gus Bays, who was the last sound effects guy. And he oh, had yeah. like his rig with doors that opened and sand yes, in the pit yes. and records he hung. He's, and he would do that all live. That was magical, interesting stuff. To, it was to, so uh, great. So um, Bill Farmer, who you probably know. I did, we just worked together last weekend at the I, Colorado I, Springs. Yeah. Oh, how yeah. fun at, at Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there, the Comic-Con there, yes. Well, which one? So this is was the Colorado Springs Con. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is better. I think I, I, I did them back in 2017. I got a quick regular people story the the 2017 con they built they bought their own building this now they're in a fabulous um arena that's amazing the building was a, a big step for them but they had a huge cast list i think they actually probably had too much talent that year but i'm, I'm at lunch on sunday my wife came down and a guy walks across the room and held, sticks out his hand and says hi i'm lou and it was lou diamond phillips oh, and yeah. so he talked to me for three minutes and then my wife and lou talked food because he's a big foodie and a cook they talked for the next half an hour and 40 minutes while I looked at them and then went back to my booth. But yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, Lou and I started out in Texas. Although he, it, it was just like he hit, you know, with La Bamba, and he moved oh. out here, and then I moved out here, and yeah. all that. But yeah, oh my and, gosh, and now and now it's guy. weird. Say what? He's oh, a great. sweet guy. Yes. Oh, and now it's really weird that I guessed occasionally at a, a an acting school here called Peak. And and the people who direct Peak actually used to be L.A. casting people. And sometimes if I'm doing a voiceover seminar, she'll go, we either have to reschedule it or postpone it because everybody here that goes to that, that they're at least once a week driving to Santa Fe and auditioning for Netflix projects all the time, oh, back yeah. and forth and back and yeah. forth. I know the world, it's, is changing. the whole world is changing, but yeah, yeah I was, uh, back to Bill. I was going to say we did George Burns and Gracie Allen with, <sighs> oh. which is just so fun. We've done that 
at these fundraisers, but um, CBS has let us use their mics, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. old-time radio mics. We did the last one just before COVID, and, I mean, obviously that stopped a lot of things, but uh, one of the retired sound guys came and did all the props and, yeah, shutting the door and the white. It's so much oh, fun. Yeah. It's just it's, it's an yeah. art. But what I was going to yes. say, what is old is new again, is L.A. Times picked us up. And you would not believe it was the young audience and to millennial age just that came out to see people, which you'd know because of Comic-Cons and everything. And, you know, what I love about these shows is they're for young and old. I mean, there are little kids that can enjoy it, older, you know, grandparents that can enjoy it. But it's really, you know, people are really into audio now, which I was telling my husband after that, I said, we need to start doing this because everybody's, it's it's like what is old is new again. Um, and, a, and a number of people are doing live presentations of yeah. our stay on stage. And another another franchise that actually they have their offices there in Colorado Springs, which is about an hour from where I'm at now. And uh, uh, but they're, they're focused on the family for like the last 40 oh, years yeah. has adventures in Odyssey. And yes. years ago, that was all non-union stuff. And, and now some of the better actors in Hollywood are doing those things oh, constantly. So and they fabulous. have a varied audience, young and yeah. old as well. Too. Yeah, yeah, I know. They're still going. That one's still going. It's great. Yeah. All right. So let's right. go back to the beginning. Okay. South beginning. Dakota. Yes. How did you get... Well, first of all, okay. did you like doing voices and stuff and when you yeah. were a kid and and I also I was in off the wall with D Marcus an improv group about 6 weeks after Robin Williams left and if I had been able to actually talk to Robin and, and they said it was actually a good thing because when Robin was on he was so crazy that right. they said your part you could say I did my part in improv class and all of that I can do it for anyone but yeah so okay but I'm, I know, well, that would have been my part in Robin yeah. Williams you know <laughs> But if you asked him, I, I think he probably would say, like a lot of people, he, you say, what did you major? And he said, I majored in acting out because yeah. most yeah. a lot of people who have have these things with our talent, we use them as social survivability because we weren't socially adept. We weren't cool. We weren't suave. Right. We weren't the good looking kids. So the idea would be that if I make them laugh and they think I'm doing this on purpose, then they like me and they think right. I'm clever and I get accepted. So, right. and that's great because if you teach somebody something, I was, when I guessed at workshops, I always say, if you give a kid a video game or a guitar, he'll be great. And I can tell you another story on my interview show. I had Billy Joel and Billy Joel said, that's his secret was playing instead of working. His mom made him take piano lessons. And because his, his coach wouldn't let him learn a new song till he perfected the last one. As soon as his teacher left, he had to spend an hour at the piano. And as a kid, that was boring. So his mom was somewhat else and so he just noodled on the piano he said not only did i learn to play piano but in avoiding the work i learned to write music yeah yeah. so i I think that looks works really well with a lot of entertainment people we do this stuff because it was our skate escape it was our confidence it was our private world and that's i think the cartoon thing for me was amazing because I grew up watching Hanna-Barbera's cartoons and I idolized Dawes Butler and my first yeah. radio, when I moved to LA from, from, uh, I was working in Nashville and radio, I moved to LA. I got a job at a production house and within the first three months I was there, they hired Dawes Butler to guest on a zero hour show for Rod Serling. And I said, a bit, a bit, a bit, and played in my demo tape and I became by dumb luck, his first student. Wow. And, so, That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. So, so you went from South so you started in radio and you went from South Dakota yeah. to Nashville to LA. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With, with a few, with a, I also worked at a station in Sioux Falls, which is neat to me because my first program director now is on Facebook and I haven't seen the guy since I was 22. And, uh, and, and so actually it's not trying that he also did all the music stuff for, for a chain of restaurants. He worked their discos and stuff and managed it all. How that's, but again, he's like a Facebook friend out of the past wow. and we have a great opportunity yeah. to communicate. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's, that's, pretty cool. that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's neat how, we can find each other again because there's so many people you just oh. couldn't do that before. And that's so. one of the beauties of social media. We yeah. can do that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And also before we're done, I, I have a boss that will want me to um, plug from later in my career. Oh, can I tell you now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the middle of all of the voiceover stuff, because we're freelance people, we go off oh, and do yeah. various things all over the place. Um, there, there was a wonderful, talented, crazy programmer who worked <laughs> at one of the LA radio stations and, and, and created a very mellow, easy listening format that became quite successful. But at, at a certain point, he worked for a music production company. Uh, and it, one of the things they tried to do is to syndicate a radio 60-second uh, comedic interstitial uh, deal based on Mad Magazine. They had a deal with oh, Mad yeah, Magazine. Yeah. And they brought in this amazing cast uh, of wonderful L.A. talent. And, and, uh, and so we started doing these things. And you demo them, and then Mad would have to sign off on it. Unfortunately, the publisher at the time was was very crazy mad esque, yeah. and he would never approve a script. You, you'd finish it and you go, nah, not mad enough. And they even got in frustration. They started pulling material from old Mad magazines, and they'd say, "That's your own stuff. You don't approve your." And the guy said, "That was then. This is now." And so it could never hit the airwaves. But we had this really great group, this cotter of, of pun funny people who started doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So when Michael started, uh, this is a radio format that's been on called planet poot waddle. <laughs> Don't ask me what it means. I have no idea, but we, we all got to the point where we would just, we'd send out takes. If we had an idea, we'd record them and he would produce them and put them on. So it's a very zany musically diverse uh, music site that's been on for quite a while and just recently decided he's back in, in doing something new. So he's doing a more tasteful thing. Uh, it's all, it's obviously by its name. It's called mellowrock.com. And uh, so, so basically I said, we should just say it's, it's mellow rock, not boring, but mellow, but, uh, but we'll be doing some humor. I get to be the morning guy for days, four days a week on this thing and it, exercise. And they like just this great because we're all, it's kind of we are all on the same wavelength. So I've, I started doing some stuff where I'm doing things with my cell phone on the street. All the quality of everything's right. And I'll just let people know that this is cell phone humor. And it yeah. just happens when it happens. And I'll put different interstitial stuff on. But we've done so much over the years. He said, if we want to use some of the, the little bits that we've done, and some of them are very short. He said he had 120 some odd audio files. I've sent him over the years that he's used on the air. They were all like anywhere from maybe seven, eight, nine, 10 to 15 minutes long of just wow. comedy craziness. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's so neat when someone will, will take anything that comes out of your mouth yeah. and use it. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. Well, it is so awesome. And, you know, I was just thinking of this, uh, these radio shows that I did, uh, yeah. when we got together, I was always like, and it's kind of like, it, and even with the podcast, it was some of this, I'm like, I, I thought what we should have recorded were the rehearsals because it was so funny. I mean, everybody made everybody laugh. We were having so much fun. I mean, it was like no time had passed, you know, because we've worked together so many times. It's just it's just so much fun. So I love that, just capturing it. Yeah. And, and guys, you have, for the people who are listening, you have these right at your fingertips now. 
You know, a character comes up. Save your stuff. An idea, a song. And my husband writes music too. And I'm always like, okay, where does that all live if something happens to you? Because I know he's always doing these brilliant songs, you know. But but we have these accessible now. It's so great. Yeah. Yeah. We we did interview shows. But I was also, I was on a show that no one ever saw because it was too weird. It was called The Adventures of Little Dracula. And Little Dracula, the cast was amazing. We had some SCTV guys. We, we had, uh, but we also had Jonathan Winters uh, on the show. And what you say is that Jonathan was really great and hilarious when he was working with comedy. But as soon as the recording stopped, Jonathan was a hundred percent funnier when he was just being Jonathan, when we actually, oh, right. what we did on right. the show was hilarious. Yeah. yeah it was a marvelous okay. Thing. So tell okay. me a little bit about working with Dawes Butler. I, I bet okay. that was just amazing. Uh, uh, I, I can tell you something that is really great for actors. Dawes had a couple things that I find brilliant that I tell people all about. One, he was a stand-up comedian and impersonator and, and voice character actor before he came to Hollywood. His fame is known only to a few, and part of that is due to the fact that he was hired to do a Jack Benny show. And on the in the middle of rehearsal, he said, he said, it was rehearsal, so I was experimenting and trying things. And that that experience uh, when, when Jack heard him do something that where he stumbled and did it over again, where he's just trying to find what he wanted. Jack said, Jack said, we can't, we have to let you go. This is live radio, and we can't take a chance that you'll stumble. He assumed it was a stumble. And Dawes said it wasn't a stumble. I was trying to make sure that what I did was was best. But the second guy, the second banana that they hired was a guy named Mel Blank, who got a star on Hollywood. Boulevard does oh. not, but it, again, it was really? just that was Jack's deal with that being very, very perfect from, from stage one of it. The, the other things about Dawes that I love, there are a couple of things that are actually absolutely mind-blowing. Uh, one of the things in a, in a, from a voice actor standpoint, because he worked on stage, a good example would be when he did Quick Draw McGraw and Quick Draw's sidekick, Baba Louie. Dawes had this way for the stage performance to make the characters real. He had a technique that he would say, I take a breath, either the sentence before I change characters or afterwards. So he'd be doing Quick Draw be saying, look over the hill, Bubble. Oh, I see it over there. And it would be so tight that it sounded like two different people doing the wow. voice because he took his breaths carefully and could 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 do that as a regular thing, which is remarkable. Uh, yeah, and the, the other, I guess two more things. One more thing was that Dawes was teaching in one of his early classes and he taught a dramatic lesson for the actors who are listening today. Uh, he played, and he ad-libbed this, he played a young boy from the South. So we have an accent. We have the, the fact that he has thought process goes differently. And he's, and he's a young kid and here's Dawes about probably in his sixties at the time. And what made it powerful is he's ad-libbing. He's trying to talk to his sister and explain uh, something to her. And he's telling her about the dance the night before when her boyfriend let him play the drums. But what's really happening is the boyfriend has been coming to visit his girl and he takes a shortcut through the bullpen and he's been gored and he's, <laughs> his boyfriend's her boyfriend's out there bleeding. But so he wants to cry. But if he cries, he can't tell her. So what Dawes did, he blows all of the air out of his lungs so that he's starting to choke and stuff. But he can't let himself cry. And he taught me the power of conflicting emotions instead of just crying over the top dramatically, which would be valid. But the fact that it's much stronger to want to cry but not be able to cry than it is for you just to babble and cry. So, okay. <laughs> I think that's so, uh, so powerful. So give us an example of that. 
Jim. If I can. <laughs> I know. Don't you love when well, people do that? Even this, okay. You can take another thing. And that's like, if, if you, we used to do network promos for comedy shows. And what I would do with a network promo for a comedy show, it's, it's, it's mad about you on Friday night. And what's going on in my voice is uh, it's the opposite. It's, I want to laugh. It makes me want to laugh, but I got to tell them about mad about you. So you get this, like I'm on the verge of laughter, but I'm not really laughing. And that's more powerful than if I was yeah. <laughs> mad about you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, speaking of which, well, a couple of things. One, one thing when you said that about Dawes, I wanted to point out is that I, I, I've never known it to be as long in my career where they do two um, voices back to back, the same actor. They usually yeah. will okay. record it. And then they would record it on a separate track. Yes. But I think it used to be that way. And like when we did these radio dramas, that was part of the fun because we would do that. But yeah. usually the way it's done, guys, is if you go to audition or you go do a job, you're hired for one uh, main role. And then they get you for a few ancillary roles, but they are recorded at a separate time. But, you yeah. know, back then, Dawes and, and how he's able to do that. And uh, that's yeah. so much fun. That's yeah. so great. The the, and actually, older in, in his older life, when Dawes was a much older man, they would they would were recycling some of the early Hanna-Barth. Remember, like the wacky races would be people yeah. from all sorts of different shows. Yeah. And because Dawes was there at the very beginning of Hanna-Barbera, he knew the characters. So a lot of times the new younger writers and Dawes would because he could because he knew Bill and <laughs> Bill Hannah and Joe Barbera from when they started. He would say. You know, Yogi wouldn't say that. And and they were smart. Yeah. They said, Dawes, what would he say? And they listened to him. And so there was that, that oh, kind of thing. Nice. He knew the character so well. Yeah, yeah. that's so nice. Now, yeah. you start to say if you're doing Mad About You or, you know, one of the things I think that's fascinating, and my husband said this too, is we were, you know, quickly, um, we know Brian, but, you know, kind of going, oh, refresh, remember, I just had Pat Fraley on. And I was like, Pat, Pat I've known you forever, but I had to look you up because, because I'm like, okay, what have I missed lately? And I was laughing because, you know, we're all, oh, we're, we're all, I think people don't realize how much people in entertainment work. Like we yeah. kind of never stop. So yeah. I'm yeah. thinking of intersected stories that, that I know. And, when I first thought of doing this podcast, I was talking to someone because podcasts were a little bit newer than they are now. And yeah. I mean, it's not that long ago. It's still new. It's kind of a still new thing that's that's evolving. Yeah. Oh, so yes. I'm like, I don't know. It's just I've met so many amazing people. And I just feel like, I mean, you know, I guess you could call it small world unless you're, you know, I'm a person of faith. So I'm like, I, I you know, God moments or God winks or whatever. But yeah. The small Lovely. world thing, I just was like, somebody said, that's what your podcast needs to be is small world. Because I said, I've, I've run into people in Europe, literally, like yes. things that people would not believe. Yeah. Yeah. One year, my wife was ma mailing Christmas gifts back to my hometown, which never got bigger than 30,000 people. And there were four people in line mailing packages to family in the yeah. same home. The world yes. is, there's a lot of stuff that you. Yeah. yeah. So you came to LA yeah. and it sounds like you started working or were working. Right well, no? I had always been a music director. So when, when I went from South Dakota to Nashville, oddly enough, to a rock and roll station and, and my boss there now is fairly well known. He's a morning guy in, in New York. Scott Shannon was my boss there. Okay. But I became uh, a music guy there. Uh, I, I one of my record guys said, I know somebody we talked to some. And so I, I went 
literally from Nashville to LA and went to work for a production company. And so when, and again, things had just happened. That was where I met Rod Serling for zero hour. I also, they had radio syndicated formats. First job I did, then I didn't know this. I thought I had the job. They said, if he's really good at what we assign him to do, he's got the job. If not, we'll say too bad. Don't need you. They yeah. sent me out for their oldies format. And I went to the streets and I had to find people who would sing their favorite oldie, which they would use as the intro to the song on the air or tell me a story from. So I remember one girl told me that I went to a Catholic high school and we all used to party and stuff. And we show up in church on Sunday morning and we all thought we were so bad. We would get struck by lightning. So I, I put that into Lou Christie singing lightning strikes, yeah, yeah. but they sent me to the lines for the exorcist. In, in West LA. And I, I got enough people to do it, but not enough for what they needed. So that was the first time they let me use my voice. Cause I basically in the car and on the street, I faked about half a dozen different people uh, on the way back wow. and another five or six people in the hallway. And they didn't realize it was me until I told them, yeah. but, but I was Brian Cummings on rock unlimited. <laughs> and I was Jason McCall in big country. <laughs> oh my two, God. Different syndicated formats. Yeah. So how did you transition then into the voiceover? After so, that? Okay. So I met someone who was with an agent. She's now retired. It was Dorothy Day Otis. And she was mostly oh, yeah. a kid's agent. They sent me over there to start working with them. And then I gradually met people. Uh, and then I, I did a national spot for Max Factor that won a Clio award. Okay. And, uh, and then I found my next agent. Great. I love that. Okay. So um, what, tell me a little bit about working on Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Uh, Beauty and the Beast is, was a very odd story. Uh, I don't, I, I tell people personally, but I won't do it on the podcast. I did a Disney film as a supporting character and uh, Mr. Katzenberg changed his mind about the direction they wanted to go. We'd already finished the, the part and I really liked the logic and everything of it, but it's not my project. So they told me that thank you, but no, thank you. I was very sad. Six mm -hmm. weeks later, they had uh, on Beauty and the Beast when they cast you know, the original Boucher. I'm not sure why, whether they, they the guy that did it before they didn't like or whether they just didn't find anybody they liked. But they were running really late and they said, to be honest with you, we just don't have time to cast everybody. So, uh, you're not going to be better than everybody in Hollywood, but one of you, six guys who they recorded will end up being Boucher. So they recorded all of us doing the part. So well, we I, went to I, see I the film. Stuff like that happens, doesn't yeah. it? It's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was also the year that I got and had another great story. That's the other year that I got Fern Gully. Oh yeah. And Fern Gully was brilliant for me in one way in that Anderson Wong was one of my students and he and I both played the two awkward characters oh, uh, yeah. back and forth. So I had this great chance to work with one, uh, someone who had been my student and that yeah. was fun. That's they fun. also, it was very flattering because they said, come back tomorrow. We like what you're doing. So come back. We'll have some other lines or you can ad lib some stuff. And th but then this wonderful thing that's so Hollywood and so classic historically was I, we came back the next day and they said, sorry, we have to pay you the union as we have to pay you, but we didn't know that we could get Robin Williams on the project until last night. He showed up at about 6.30. He left at three in the morning and some people's parts are being totally cut, but are being out of the film because we're going to use as much of Robin as we possibly can. And, and my joke is, because somebody told me if it's true or not, if it's not, it's a great story, that the character, Batty Coda, that he played has is so such a crazy character. He has one of his antenna is bent. And they said that originally in the design, it wasn't. And they changed that after Robin. 
up and yeah. work for them. So I had two yays in the year that I had one disappointment. And again, it all balances out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, what about Rugrats? Rugrats. Uh, what can I say that's wonderful? Rugrats are just, was just a wonderful project. I, they, they all have a life of their own. So, um, I, again, I, all I can say about Rugrats is, is it was a thrill because I was working with brilliant people. It's a con, it's kind of like being on gummy bears where the ensemble is so everyone is individually brilliant, but the ensemble was so good. They were both kind of in that same kind of vibe. The, yeah. the, actually, the hidden the hidden brilliant show, you know, GI Joe is like the biggest gift in the world because we have four generations of fans still. Yes. And, yes. and it, it doesn't end. I, I joke they had an aircraft carrier that was so big that if dad bought it for you for Christmas, dad couldn't park in the garage anymore because yeah. the aircraft carrier took up this, this, you know, and I joked at the national Joe convention about that, how they, it was so insane. And half a dozen guys from the floor were yelling, Hey, I still got mine. And I was like, sheesh. Well, a couple questions and we're going to get to some work mm. is um i was going to say what um what kind of kept you going in the downtimes like we've all had those things like you go yeah. oh i'm not doing that anymore or if yeah. there are lean times feast or famine it all comes at once or yeah you know. uh I, I i'm well and i'm luckier than most i had a couple of those periods but only a couple and i think the reason was because the radio background saved me so while i was doing these cartoons i did uh local supermarkets in la for 10 years i did home depot for 10 years oh, i did yeah. some I did a lot of retail and that paid the bills when, when all of the glamorous stuff was, right. was out there. I did game shows. I did, let's make us make him a squeal, make a deal with Monty. I did uh, uh, tabloid shows. So because that, that thing that I misunderstood about my dad meant that when one thing was happening and other things weren't, it's it all, almost always worked out. And the other thing that I think we from the Midwest have that I will share with people from both yeah. coasts is we understood, I think people from, from uh, places where your, your kid can spend a lot of time going to the beach and goofing off, there's that, you always have to fight with, what, do I want to be responsible or want to have some fun with my friends and, and stuff? We were always taught that you just work. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I think oh, that, yeah. the, you know, if, if somebody wanted me at 10 o'clock at night in Orange County, uh, six o'clock in the morning on Balboa, uh, you know, I did that for one oh, spot. Yeah. If the network needed a spot on a Saturday for one promo, I'd take one of the kids to the to the carousel at Griffith Park and go to ABC and or whatever network and do that promo. So I think the work ethic really counts because these businesses require so much of that. Oh, you know? I absolutely agree with you. I mean. Um, you know, that's why I said, we just, we, my husband and I both have that. I, I do so much because yeah. he's always saying, Kathy, put it up, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it, it, you know, I've gotten jobs at 1130 at night, you know, especially totally nowadays true. and, yeah. um, you just do it. And, uh, you know, even I, I didn't really have my kids in the business, but if something happened, you know, cause I wanted them to have a life and everything, but, um, I remember Greg was producing a commercial, a similar thing. Like, uh, we, we really, sometimes you get a job just cause you know that you're driving them and that they're going to be there, you know, kind of thing. But, yeah. oh, um, yeah. I remember my daughter, uh, was in this commercial and, uh, he had, to, he was producing something, somebody fell out and they said, Oh, you know, Katie'd be great. And it was like 5 30 AM shoot. 
and they did it and she made it to school on time. You know, it's like, I, I yes. just think yes. things like that, or, you know, uh, there's so many programs I put together, like uh, kids arts programs and things like that. And uh, we produced another thing where uh, it was an interactive book. It was one of the first five actually mm -hmm. in the Apple store and it was animated uh, book come to life and we need a kid's choir and I directed kids choirs. And so yeah. it's like, we had the kids, five kids. I knew they'd all get there. I was doing this big Christmas tea, like really in charge of a lot decorated sure. with China had to look good, all this stuff. I was like, it didn't even occur to me. And there's so many times where people are like, well, I've got to get my workout in. I've got, to... <laughs> and it's good to do that stuff. But you're like, Oh my gosh, it's 10 o'clock. And I'm, you know, how much work has been done, right? Or I, so, yeah, but I, we love what we do too, don't you think? I, I remember Rusey Taylor, who's now past us, uh, who was oh, was Huey, Dewey, and Louie and Minnie Mouse and among oh, a number yeah. of great characters. And when they were working at Disney, they had to shoot in Florida as those characters. And they, because the park was open, so they had to shoot like at three o'clock in the morning and everybody's falling asleep. And and a big studio, famous studio head, whose name we won't mention, is going, come on, guys, this is magic and stuff. And I'm going, oh. but they, <laughs> did it and it turned out yeah. to be magic that's part oh, of yeah. part of oh. the, and i think when you look back at those things they may be tough at the time but you look back there there's just magic that happens when all that stuff goes down and you realize we did we did that under weird circumstances we yeah. did that and oh, so yeah. i had a friend who did a satiric album for somebody and he had to do a darth vader and they couldn't do the effect and they literally took a large garbage empty garbage drum but it still smelled bad and they hung the microphone way down in it and he did the voice into the into the garbage drum magical special effects right well so, don't you think that's one of the things uh midwesterners sometimes brought up to work but also make it work like yeah. duct tape and glue and whatever it's like whatever. It, it there's not that no or brick wall it's um, like there's yeah. an imagination. There's like, yeah. you know, I grew up on a farm like, I don't know, somehow many hands make light work. Hey, let's yeah. all do it. Now you do this. You hold this. Uh, you know, let's put on a show. Yeah. And, yeah. Two, two, two music. Your husband's a musician. Yeah. The piano part to Layla was done by the drummer in the band who came back to the studio afterwards and had, didn't have anything going. Sat down at the piano and played it. And they said, Keep doing, do that, do that. And they finished it. They literally cut the tape and put it on the end. No, it just happened. So much stuff in life is like that. The thing of the moment that just happens. And then the, the thing that actors learn is if it's really good, you learn to say, I meant to do that. And the other thing of what you say is that you don't always know what will be big. Right. And, you, you know, oh, you never. just you go do it. And it's like sometimes the thing that is the most mundane commercial that will keep you going on. But the thing that that's really big, that was really fun, it might may not have paid as well at the time. But, hey, it ended up being something kind of special. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just when you talk about the working, the working actor, because I, I remember I was asked to, to present an award at International Film Festival one, one year. And, Whoa. uh, it was, they were honoring animation and mm -hmm. I'd worked with kids a lot. It was International Film Festival. So they asked me to do it. <laughs> so a friend of mine, she calls, she goes, I was thinking you'd just be perfect, you know, and she's directing it and everything. And, I get there and there were some celebs and people that were going to be presenting and getting yes. awards, right? Yes. You have a lot of grace for award shows after you've done one, by the way, just oh, yeah. FYI. So 
Um, I get there, and of course, the celebs get up and get to practice, right? Sure. And right. so she said to me, she goes, okay, you have 54 pages of copy, and <laughs> international film yeah. festival. Okay. So yeah. I, and there's a teleprompter, but they don't always run well. I can yeah. see why people, you know, travel with their teleprompter yeah. person. So you're up there, and... um you're reading it, just, you know, 54 pages. And then the celeb comes up and gives one award and they practiced for it. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're, oh, the yeah. Person, you're the person, like the working person. And, and um, so, I mean, it's great fun, but it's like, it's all that we do is why we can do that. Right. Because you go, okay. Okay. I mean, um, I, there's a lot about just being there and showing up and going, okay. Sure. Sure. You know, uh, and, and once you get through the tough stuff, you, you you always forget the tough stuff and you always remember the good stuff afterwards, which is how that happens so often that you occasionally we always find ourselves in the job going, yeah, I forgot what a slog this was. This was hard to do. I'm back doing it. What am I doing here? But yeah, but still in the end, it's, uh, the, it's the old joke is it still beats working for a living. You know, it's, well, it, and, it's, it's and, always magic. And it's a good One story, if nothing else. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, um, so speaking, segueing into this, I want to ask you, Ooh. what is the funniest or oddest thing you've ever done in VO? Ooh, the funniest or oddest thing. Well, I, I think that Planet Pootwaddle would be it because I literally <laughs> becomes a bit on the air and stuff. So, you know, uh, um, I meant to do that. It's, uh, so it, it's just a, uh, the great thing about that one is it's kind of like insanity that's uncontrolled because they're going to use stuff that they don't want. They'll throw it away. But the fact that you did it will. So, yeah, everyone says, you're just totally crazy. I said, well, I just like open my mouth and something rolls out and they make something funny out of it. And there you go. <laughs> so yeah, it's just. Wait, have and, you ever been asked to something just like super bizarre? I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You know, I'm sure I have. I'm sure I have. It's all bizarre, uh, but yeah. but it's so it's also weird. Yeah, I've had. Uh, you know, I'm not. I'm vaping on it right now. Sorry to say, I can't think of a thing at all. But there you go. Okay, so we're going to jump into the part where we we yes. do a scene. And, and by the I'm, way, you probably can't see it. any of this. I was going to uh, send you this. Uh, well, I, I, I couldn't didn't have time to print it out. Oh wow! Oh look! Oh, those are the characters. Good. Those are the characters, right? So it gives you a just a little uh, a little idea about this. Um, this is guys, we do this where we work through a scene. This is cold. Um, yeah. I really, we haven't more than read it. Right. I know. No, my day I, I, I come day through it really crazy. quickly and now I'm trying to get my phone to go back to the, and not get me stuck on the apple. See, apple wants everything. Even our moment here, go away. I'm doing other stuff, man. Just let me give you, see. So the great thing is when you do characters, you can just deal with stuff in a fun way. So it's like easier. You don't get frustrated or yeah. anything like that. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. I know it's just stupid, but okay. Okay. Now it's, I just have to find you and, and against the clutter. And, it's and, traffic hour on the internet. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Okay. So, um, Let's look Kathy. Let's look you they up. are, they are on the prairie and I think these are prairie dogs, you know, okay. like, or, um, or gophers. Okay. Gophers, Something like right. that. Like he can't get rid of them. Okay. All right. So, okay. Now, oh, geez. My, of course, my my computer. I'll just have to find you. Searching, searching. Musical interlude. Okay. 
Okay, Bentley. Hold on. I think I got it. Betty and Bentley? I think I done found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, now, so, so Bentley obviously like it sounds like either he's a, if he's a prairie dog. So that I was seeing the oh, name. No, no. I think he oh, he's not a prairie dog. Oh, but that's what Bentley's upset about. Oh, okay, because, oh, okay. Because um, when he talks about you weren't down there in the pit, Betty, you didn't see those creatures. They're okay. like gophers or prairie dogs. Okay, you no, know, but to him, they're because see, he's kind of a city slicker. So and I didn't, some... I didn't see the pictures, but I, I see. Oh, so, all right. So he's like, a, OK, so he's he's kind of a wimpy dude is what he is. Yeah, okay. I think so. And, and he is he is he a, is he from from the country or is he like a sophisticated I guy? I think he's not a human? city one. He's, I oh, think he's city a boy. city. Okay. Yeah, I think he is. Yes. Because he's all got right. a bowler hat. Yes. OK, well, there you go. Yes. But yeah. some of them dandies out there in the West would have him, too. But we won't do that. Yeah. This time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. OK. OK. Ivy's ready. Okay. Uh, Bentley, is this really necessary? Well, you were down there in the pit, Betty. You didn't see those creatures. I'm sure they were very unpleasant, but... Unpleasant, you say? They, they have glowing red eyes and teeth like, like razors. Okay, but don't you think you're overreacting just a little and a teensy-weensy bit? Overreacting? Maybe overacting, possibly, but no, no. I read firsthand accounts of settlers who were attacked by crazed grizzly bear, pursued by, by wolves across frozen rivers, hunted down by wildcats. And, well, and yeah, this was worse. Of course. Why would I ever think you were overreacting? Because... Because I was lucky to survive. Because that's, that's you all also saying. overreacted to that man-eating tarantula in the desert. Oh, well, yes, but... but, but or well, the coral snake that was, course. what, eight inches long? He's got fangs like a saber-toothed tiger. Bentley, coral snakes are not even poisonous. Not? Oh, all right. I understand the point that, 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 that you, you're making, but still, this does not diminish the creatures of the cave. Of course not. Now, how about we all turn in and get some shut-eye? Well, I'll try. But knowing those beasts loom nearby prompts me to finish this account and post it first thing in the morning. Do what you gotta do. Night. Night. I'm out here. Going to die. <laughs> okay, good. So if we were going to do it again, yes. what, what what do you think we could do with this? Okay, well, I don't know. Just off the top of my head, so why don't we just um just try something? Okay, so, so I'm going to try something. This is a little bit. I'm too, and I yeah, I'm going to try something too. All right. Good. Yes. 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 Well, of course. Yes. Yes. There we go. Bentley, is this really necessary? Well, you weren't down there in the pit, Betty. You did not see those creatures. I'm sure they were very unpleasant, but I... Unpleasant, you say? They, they've glowing red eyes and, and teeth like, like razors. Okay, but don't you think you're overreacting? Well, I did. Just a little. A teensy-weensy bit? 
<laughs> overreacting, really. I've, I've read first-hand accounts of settlers who were attacked by grisly, crazy, disgusting, filthy, brown, red, and whatever color bears attacked by, by, by crazed bears and pursued by wolves across fruits and rivers, hunted down by wild cats, really. <laughs> and? Well, this, this was by far much worse. Of course. of course. Why would yeah. I ever think you were overreacting? Well, I'm, because... Well, because I was lucky to survive. That's all I'm saying, you know. Because you also overreacted to that man-eating tarantula in the desert. Yes, yes, well, that's true. Yes, or the coral snake that was... What, eight inches long? Well, so I suppose if you don't deal with the metric system, it was, yes, yes, I suppose. But he had fangs, fangs like a saber-toothed tiger, really. Lee, coral snakes are not even poisonous. Oh, all right. I understand the point you're making, but that does not still diminish the creatures of the cave. Of course not. Hmm. Now, yes? how about we all turn in and get some shut-eye? Well, I suppose I, I, I will try. But knowing those beasts loom nearby prompts me to finish this account, and I must post it first thing in the morning in our... Do what you gotta do. Oh, yes, night. Then. Oh, nighty-night, then. Well, that flowed... I think that flowed better, and we were yeah. listening and reacting, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I felt yeah. like they were... I felt like they were opposites, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. the frantic, and she's the more steady, and... Yes, yes. Okay. Well, this was this was great, great fun. Was there anything else you would do with the scene, you think? I, I think if there's anybody that wants to do this or anything creative in your life, understand that all creative journeys are both journeys. So mm -hmm. if they're really, truly wonderful, they don't end. And that there's no guarantee that you will have commercial success with it, but there is a guarantee that you'll make other people uh, very happy and that you will have the joy of doing something that you dearly love. And that that's and so every once in a while we do things where we get paid very well. Uh, on occasion, we do things that, that help other people make their lives better, sometimes even change people's lives. Humbly, we do that. And so uh, this Christmas, if you want to do I did an ad lib one year that that I don't claim credit for because it came out. And it's another totally different person. He's the trash picker uh, and he's digging through bins and he is the most wonderful guy in the world. And, and I'm not anywhere near as good as he is. But he came out in one take and we just sweetened it and put it out. And uh, so every time you do something that happens like that, where if it makes a difference to someone, I'm in a project I can't talk about from someone that has some horrible tragedy in their life and we're doing a project uh, for them and, and, uh, and there's no money involved except there's great satisfaction. Yeah. That's another thing. Do your, if you have talent, give it away. But yeah. if you have an agent, sell it. They'll do a good job with you. Find an agent so they'll sell it. But then share what you have with other people to make yeah. them happy and it will change your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's so important. And and I think that's something I'll tell people um, in the downtimes with the doing of it. You know, just yeah. keep doing, give yeah. it, give it away. Um, schools, uh, hospitals, you know, there's so many places find, sure. find a need oh. and, and you will get back as much as you give and you'll, you'll stay fresh and, and creative. And yeah, I love how, I love how you put that. You put it all so well, which is a wonderful way to end. Thank you so Thank much, you. Brian. Oh, it my total pleasure. Total pleasure. Lovely.
I hope we work together soon. That would be fantastic. Yes, indeed. Yes, yes, absolutely. Again, and my my best to your sweetheart, who's who's uh, the the brilliant tech guy and stuff. That's awesome. We'll talk (laughs) tech another time. It's a very good thing we talk and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Brian. Thank you so very much as well. Thanks for listening, and I hope you found some gems of wisdom as well as some practical knowledge about the ins and outs of being a voice talent, as well as some really fun stories. Good luck, and stay tuned. We have some amazing new podcasts coming your way soon. In My Voice is a production of Word Merchants Media and is co-produced by Greg Perkins and Kathy Grable, engineered and mixed by Alex Bogdasarian. And I'm Brent Huff, your announcer. For more information on this podcast, our scripted podcast, ebooks, private voice coaching, and more, visit KathyGrableStudios.com. Bye for now.